And welcome back to the DestroProducts.com Movies Television Podcast. I was not sure where I was going to go with that. I was like debating between welcome to 2020 or welcome, or welcome back. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, we're here. It's 2020. Woo! You can see we're just as we see we're just as professional as we were last year. I'm dead. We got cave. I'm just I was just waiting for him to introduce me if I'm honest. <laughs> yes, Cave has officially gotten over the fact that he's on a podcast, so he just kind of shows up at obligation at this point. Yeah, cuz that 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 wasn't already the uh, the way things worked. Yeah. Yes, but now it's like more so. Before you at least made Darn an attempt to sound advantage. engaged on this, before you at least made an attempt to sound engaged at the beginning of the show before I said anything about the things I was watching and then you would just immediately die because you had no interest in anything I watched. Hey, that's only partially true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, fuck. The world is made of sadness. <laughs> what do you mean sadness? We just made like 3D indie characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been sitting here for like over an hour just making D&D characters. Yeah. That's been fun. Like I said, we're professionals. Speaking of professionals, we're professionals who watched movies and TV. Presumably. Did we? I don't remember watching anything. I mean, oh, you said you, wa- I mean, you said you went and saw Cats. I was going to just pull that out at the end. And it's gonna whip it out and uh, uh, imp- impress everyone with how hard it was. Nah, um, fuck that noise, son. We need to get in this fucking cat's train as soon as possible. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, so you're saying we're milking cats? Yep, absolutely. So after we talk about cats, we talk about Star Wars. But I'm just gonna let everyone. At home, no, my thoughts going into this. I wanted to see Cats instead of Star Wars, but it wasn't playing at my theater, so I saw Star Wars instead. (laughs) Oh, that has to be my favorite thing. (laughs) I did not give a single fuck about Star Wars at this point. And then I saw Cats, and well, I saw the trailer for Cats, and I was just like, oh, this is a nightmare. This looks interesting. This seems like it will hold my attention, even if it's just in fucking wrapped horror. So I guess my question for you, Cave. Was it a similar, was it a similar idea that led to you seeing Cats, or... Are you actually a fan of the musical Cats? My wife is a massive fan of the musical Cats. Okay. Um, so I had to go. Makes sense. I'm not even joking. That just, 
Makes total sense. So how was it? Um, the, oh my God, what the hell is that wears off fairly quickly. So it's kind of a, like after a while, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just a musical. Okay. Yeah. Is that initial shock of just like, oh Jesus. And then you acclimatize yourself to it. It's like, oh, this is just kind of boring. Yeah. Okay. Which is a shame because it was enjoyable. I'm not going to lie. Like, I did end up enjoying myself, but wasn't that special. <laughs> did like, you see the I was the- expecting something a lot more impressive or impressively bad, I should say. Did you see the pre or the post I- version? Post. I wanted to see the pre-version, but we didn't get out in time. Son of a bitch. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is pro- quite possibly the first movie that got a patch. Yeah, this movie so, was patched. Yes, yeah, so they released the movie in theaters, released with incomplete special effects. Everyone saw it was like, oh god, what the fuck is happening? They then pulled the movie from theaters re like finished some of the effects and then put it back out. It is a movie that was patched and it still was a train wreck in my opinion. Yeah. One of the things I saw a lot of people pointing out was um, like the, like one of the effects that was just missing was uh, with Dame Judy Dench. Who I think was playing old Deuteronomy or something. I don't know any of the characters yep. in cats. Yes, it was. She was old Deuteronomy. Yeah, there was a scene where her hand just didn't have fur Burp. on it. It was just her regular hand. Yeah, that is a thing. A thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, this. <laughs> the guy who made this made got an Oscar for his last musical movie. Oh, God. It's like what what hap- what happens? What is cats? So you want me to give a synopsis? As much as you can, because I don't know about you. Um I like I know your opinion on music. I know I don't know about your opinion on like musical theater or whatever. I love musicals. I adore musicals. Okay. And except for times when the musical decides, yeah, everything should be a song. Yeah, everything needs to be a song. Otherwise, why did we be, make ourselves a musical in the first place? Because then I can't understand what the fuck is going on. <laughs> For whatever reason, in my head, I just started replaying the entirety of Sweeney Todd when you were saying that. Gotta help. <laughs> so I remember that. I remember that fucking movie dragged so much because of the songs. Like, I don't know about the theater production or whatever. Just the movie. I enjoyed that movie until I watched it with you guys. <laughs> that seems to be the way. Like the other guy who had that, who had a similar opinion to that, he just quit the site. Tempting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, God. If you quit, we'd have to fucking shut everything down almost. Even more tempting. Oh, God. Please don't quit. This is all I have. <laughs> I'm not going to quit. You're my friend. Uh, yeah, so I I am... F- I'm hit or miss with musicals. Like, some of them I just really, really enjoy. Other ones are not made by Disney. <laughs> but Cats has, one, Cats has been one that I have seen around for my entire life. And I know nothing about it. Like, I have been seeing okay, so- stills. I have seen, like... You know, trailers and stuff for cats. I have seen, yeah, you know, like trailer for like the record, trailer for like you know professional recordings of like the stage production. Okay. Um. So what is cats? All right. Uh. So uh, I'm just gonna have to get a synopsis. Um. The basic premise at the is that there are a group of cats who want like some of them are are destined for rebirth now what's uh the way it starts is we get our main character what's her face uh, i believe it was victoria um and she's in a sack thrown um thrown to the the, uh thrown like just out like she's just been thrown out um and she gets she starts interacting with a bunch of cats uh, and we meet a variety of characters one of whom the actor complained about them uh uh, editing his dick out of uh, every shot (laughs) what that's a thing yeah which Um, actor uh the guy who played rum tum tugger I don't remember his name, but okay, you keep talking. I'm gonna go look this up. Okay, I was about to say if you Google Rum Tum Tugger, then I don't want that in my search results. (laughs) Like that, Uh I feel like you're gonna go to some bad places. Oh, Jason Derulo. Yeah, I don't know if it was a joking complaint or a serious complaint, but he complained that they edited out his dick. Um. Uh, and like we, we meet a variety of cats and then we find out about the evil cat McCavity, uh, uh, demon of depravity is, that's actually one of the big like song lines is, uh, that he's the demon of depravity and, uh, he is kidnapping every cat that's up to receive the Jellicle life, which with the Jellicle life, you get reincarnated into your destined next life you uh, are your better self basically Mm. and uh, they like in order to get that uh, reincarnation you have to do a song and dance for old Deuteronomy uh, who then makes the Jellicle choice Uh, McCavity kidnaps a bunch of cats and then uh, goes and does his performance and I'm just realizing how short this movie is if you don't sing everything (laughs) 
And he also just looked at that. Yeah, Jason Derulo is complaining that Cats edited out his dick bulge. Um. Anyway, this following Instagram also taking out a picture of him where his bulge was visible. So, um, we also meet uh, a character whose name I can't remember, but she got destroyed by McCavity. And uh, she's got she's got one. She has the best song in the movie, uh, Memories, and it is beautiful and it is designed to make you cry. You have to be a heartless bastard not to cry. That's a song Uh, everyone talks about when they talk about cats. There's like you have a certain number of like certain musicals have just certain songs that will go out into the world and just fucking be a like exist kind of on their own outside of the musical and for cats it's memories yeah it that is that is the best song um hands down uh i'm not gonna pretense or deny um ultimately mccavity gets defeated by mr mesta mesta by the magic cat (laughs) mr mistopheles and yes that one um uh who just needed confidence to be good at magic <laughs> so there's magic yes mccavity is a very good mage uh he teleports people around that's how he kidnaps them um, you know cats oh I, I I don't I I don't understand. <laughs> What's not to understand? Like I don't do enough cocaine to get this. <laughs> Dude, I fucking watched the uh movie and I'm not sure I understand. Um and my wife has said I that she has watched cats several times. And does not understand. <laughs> what? So the basic it. idea behind Cats is it's a series of poems written about cats by some famous writer. Um, and they turned it, yes, they turned it into a play, uh, a musical. Why? Um, Memory, well, Memories was created so that it's uh, like they've got a through line or something like that. But ultimately, they thought they could make a good play out of it. I disagree. Cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a thing, man. Exactly. Um, but. Oh, wow. Fuck yeah. That is that. Fuck. Jesus Christ. So the movie cost $95 million opening weekend domestically. It made just shy of 7 million. Ow. Currently worldwide. It is sitting at, it is sitting at a to- gross total of just shy of 55 million. That's, that's, that's depressing. They made just over half of the base production budget. That's depressing. <laughs> I 
I feel it almost feels like an obligation to see this movie. Like I know it's not going to be like it's good. it's not as nightmare inducing as I thought it would be. And from the I thought it, it would be more. Yeah, like, I thought it would either be a lot more erotic because it's a, a bunch of people who should arguably wearing spandex and therefore basically be naked, or terrifying. And it was neither. So, like, not sure. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not sure what they were up to. Yeah, what their what their intention was. Like, I've I've heard some people talk about this movie and. Like they'd mentioned some of like the more sexual aspects of it just because it's a bunch of basically naked cat people rubbing each other. There there are almost no sexual aspects to this movie. In my opinion. You know someone's becoming a furry because of this movie, right? Uh, everything's freaking out. Oh god. <laughs> Okay. Okay, fuck. So what did you say? You know someone's becoming a furry because of this movie, right? Eh. The furry community will welcome them, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. I did say one thing to my wife while we were watching this movie. Because at one point, all of the cat people walk like cats for a short while. And I looked at her and said, thank God they didn't give them buttholes. (laughs) Because I wouldn't put it past them. Maybe they did and they were just edited out. I hope. I really hope they didn't. Because if they did. They're on the cutting room floor along with Jason Derulo's dick. (laughs) Uh, That's actually painful to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just a bunch bunch of like, like extracted cat anuses and then one dude's dick. Just on the floor, blood everywhere. Yeah, this is this is where we had cats. You see one traumatized editor in the corner, just just violently shaking as he's trying to like just fucking motion track people to put the hair on him. <laughs> That's why they're at least broken because everyone involved was already broken. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for the VFX people. Especially with the shit they've gotten for it. Yeah, like that initial the initial trailer and everyone just shitting on it. Then the movie coming out and then them going like, oh, fuck. We put it the wrong, we put it the, put it the not finished version. Quick, send it back and make all those guys do it and not pay them as much. Ugh. But yeah, Cats was acceptable. I'm not going to be buying it on DVD. But since I'm already talking, I might as well talk about something that I do plan to buy on DVD. Knives Out. Why are you buying DVDs in 2020? Because I prefer them to Blu-ray. I can play DVDs on more things. <laughs> like my laptop. No, seriously, my laptop doesn't have a Blu-ray player. Most computers Only a DVD don't. Player. Yeah, so I can play DVDs on my computer. Just- That's why I'm buying DVDs. Or you could just buy the Blu-ray that comes with the digital code, watch it on your computer. No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> what is with that reaction? Because I don't 
I don't like the whole buy it on this and then use our service to download the movie so then we know all your information. Like, why can't I just buy the DVD that works on pretty much every device anyway and doesn't have all this weird encoding nonsense that I don't ever use like Blu-rays do? So that you can watch it at above 480p? But I can't tell the difference. My eyes aren't that good. My mom can tell the difference, and she is 65. Doesn't affect me at all, so I don't bother. Ugh. Go ahead and be disgusted with me. Even more reason for me to quit. (laughs) (laughs) See, let's talk about Knives Out as I try to maintain my, as I try to hold back my anxiety. Uh, Knives Out, I can't say much without spoiling the whole thing. Um, if you are in the medical profession, (laughs) A, a lot of this will be like, no, that's not how that really works. (laughs) But, uh, B, you might also feel anxiety because for a lot of the movie, we are led to believe, and I'm not going to say whether or not this is right or not, whether this is an accurate like thing. We are led to believe that the murder was due to a horrendous mistake. So for anyone who doesn't know, Knives Out is a murder mystery. Yes, Knives Out is a murder mystery uh, st- starring James Bond. Uh, He's the- as. Dude, this cast is ridiculous. Yeah, the cast is amazing. The cast is absolutely amazing. Oh, also, anyone who cannot handle political talk, you don't want to watch this movie. Because there is a segment that is very Trump era. And my my wife and I almost walked out of the theater during it because that's how painful it is to watch for someone who has had to sit there and listen to that shit on the reg. (laughs) Um... What was I saying? Oh yeah, Knives Out. Uh, it's a fucking great film though. I it, I want more. I want more. I want more murder mysteries, and that's one of the reasons why I'm gonna buy it. Because I'm hoping that if people if it does well, people will be like, hey, let's do another couple murder mysteries. Then I might actually get like a new detective TV show, get some new fucking murder mysteries out, fucking get a revival of Murder She Wrote, maybe. Fucking, it should be awesome. Shit would be awesome. That's all I can say there. You know, it won't be a revival of Murder, She Wrote and a remake of Murder, She Wrote with entirely new people. Yeah, that's true. And not as good writing. Uh, they could just redo all the old uh, plots. Not as good writing. No no one who watch, who would watch Murder, uh, She Wrote will remember the old plots. They're all in their 80s. <laughs> or me. And we know my memory's bad. Yeah, they all got dementia, so let's sit down. Hey, watch this show. Uh, didn't this have another actress playing her? Oh no, dear! This is a remake. I don't know what that word means. It means they were too lazy to come up with a new idea. For a second, I thought you were just—I thought you were going to be talking about gaslighting your grandma. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, that's how it does play this person. No, Grandma, you're remembering wrong. It's always been her. <laughs> God, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious, but it would be terrible. 
but yeah, so I want to I want to mention the cast because that you mentioned the cast was insane, but you don't know who actors are. I I recognize pretty much everybody in this movie. So like yeah, you, recognize every, you recognize everyone in the movie. Probably probably don't know the names. But we got Daniel Craig. He is our main guy, the detective. Then family wise, we got Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Christopher Plummer's in there. I was disappointed that they didn't have Jamie Lee Curtis uh, scream queen at least once. Uh, I'm not sure. It's I'm Jamie not really Lee sure Curtis. About that. Yeah, it's I, Jamie Lee Curtis. I expected a scream queen moment. This isn't a horror movie. Yeah, but there are bodies. What I really want is like one where it's just like body after body after body after body. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so. Just a murder mystery where it's like, yeah, they keep killing people as we take longer to solve it. So, fuck. So, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember a I'm trying to remember a name for this thing that isn't not a slasher movie. No, I, I know not a slasher movie. I'm just trying to. Okay, I guess it's the only one. Uh, like a Ten Little Indians. Yes. And uh, the uh, the uh, culturally appropriate name is, and then there were none. Okay, I. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. So, and then there were none. Okay. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, and like, like, and then, and then there were none. That would be awesome. Yeah. How much? Sweet. How's has there been like like I I know there is like a bunch of, uh, like some adaptations. I don't think there's ever been. I don't think there's ever been, and and then there were none movie. If there has been, I need to watch it because that. It's one of my favorite novels. There have been nine. There have been nine? Oh, God. That does not speak well for the financial quality. Yes. Uh, so the first one was in 1945. Uh, it was just called None There Were None in the States and then changed to Ten Little, you know, that thing in over in uh, the UK. Uh, there was one in 1965. There was an Indian version made in 1965. A Tamil adaptation in 1970. An English language color version. Uh, the, the according to this thing, it's the first English language color version. For whatever reason, it felt the need to specify that. Uh, one from Russia in '87, another American one in '89, um, another Tamil one in 2012, and then a Canada, which is not Canada. Canada is something else. Uh, yeah, Canada version in 2015. Yeah, that's a. The, the, yeah, the last adapt the, the last adapted version was a uh, 2017 Japanese miniseries. There's a bunch apparently. Okay. Yeah, so it's like the idea with that whole the idea with this whole thing just for 
people who don't know, and I guess for myself, is that like there's just like ten people in a situation, and then they slowly start dying one by one, and one of them is killing the others. Is like the basic idea. I don't know a whole lot about this. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you don't know the plot of and then there were none? Yes, I do, but I don't want to spoil it. Like, you should read it. It's awesome. Just flat out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> you can you can describe a movie without spoiling it, you know? Or describe a book without spoiling it. You can describe a mystery without spoiling it. Alright, so um have have you seen Clue? The movie Clue? Yes. Uh, similar premise. A group of people is are gathered together by a uh, blackmailer. Yeah, classic um, Yeah, and uh, then they're trapped on a deserted island, and slowly, one by one, they're killed off until the murderer is finally revealed. So the thing I said. Yes, <laughs> but I didn't like the the really interesting part of, and then there were none is how the murderer pulls it all off. Like the murderer, and 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 then there were none. Is an absolutely brilliant murder, and one of the weirdest as far as motivation and execution, in my opinion. Okay. Like I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, but that's the thing you shouldn't spoil. It is very much worth a read, and if you say that you figured out who the murderer was before the end of the book, you're lying. That that is that is my opinion on that matter. Well, I figured out the murderer by reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> is it cheating if the information is readily available? Yes. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck. My library doesn't have it. Oh, that sucks. Wait, what the fuck? So if you search for, and then there were none on my library, one of the results is the sixth season DVD of Supernatural. What? Did they have an episode called, and then there were none? Probably. The show's been on air for like fucking 95 years. Yeah. There was an episode in uh, season six called, and then there were none, episode 16. Um... Yeah, that okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what the plot was. See if it actually has any tie in. I have it up. Do you want me to read it? I'm looking at it now. Do you want to sit silently while the people at home listen to us sitting silently? Fine, then you read it off. (laughs) The presence of the mother of all monsters, Eve, causes a spike in monster activity in Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky? Right, Supernatural is happening. Dean, Sam, and Bobby partner up with Bobby's old friend Rufus to track her down. They encounter Samuel and Gwen Campbell, also on the hunt. But Dean becomes infected by a worm-like monster Eve has recently created to send after them, and kills Gwen under its control. The worm leaves Dean and infects Samuel, turning him violent and prompting Sam to kill him. The corpse attacks Bobby and Rufus when they try to open open up Samuel's head to get the worm. But when the corpse is electrocuted, the worm flees, exposing a vulnerability to electricity. So it's nothing Ooh. like 
Okay, cool. Yeah. That, yeah, no. That's dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And then there were none. Read the book first and then watch one of the movies. I don't know if any of them are any good. I'm definitely going to see if any of them are on my, any of my streaming services to watch. Um, because that sounds fucking awesome. Uh, so I've kind of been avoiding actually mentioning this, but Ben and I have watched more Mysterious Q. And it's gotten something. Er. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first episode that I remember that we watched, because we, we, we drink while we watch this show. Yeah. We're not sober while we're watching this shit. But the first episode that I remember that I want to mention was, um, I believe called I saw a bird. Let me double check that. Uh, the premise is that basically ancient vessels are appearing in the area of an Island and a small, cute little species of bird was found on one of these uh, ancient vessels. And then it flies off and makes friends with a bird. I mean, not a bird, a boy. This boy is the most boring character in all of fiction. <laughs> okay, strong words. He is, he, is the, he is the least Kenny Kenny, and that actually makes him worse than most Kennys. Because at least most Kinnies you can hate. This kid, oh, it's a dumb kid being a dumb kid, and he's not even being an entertaining dumb kid. He's just boring. <sighs> For 90% of the episode, the bird, which is the monster, the bird is just a tiny, useless little bird. At the very end, it evolves because that's all i can really say it does uh because it's it is the bird and then <gasps> bright flashing light suddenly it's the giant bird monster larugius it did evolved it is the worst monster because its power seems exclusively to be i melt shit is that the picture you sent or is that a different monster no that's a different monster that I'm looking forward to talking to. Uh, and the reason I'm starting with this is because I wanted to start with the worst. Because after this, I want to get into Belunga. Belunga is quite possibly the best dumb monster I have ever seen. Is it a balloon-based monster? Yes. It is a balloon-based monster that looks like the inflatable portion of it was made from a cast cancerous uh, ball sack. <laughs> it is non-hostile, but it consumes fuel sources for energy, meaning that it could cause a global dark age. It only came to Earth because nuclear, I believe it was nuclear testing, created a large enough heat signature that it believed the Earth was a new sun. Normally, it hovers in orbit of the sun, drawing so little energy that it's almost negligible. Okay. Now, I'm actually going to send you an image of Belunga 
if it'll let me. No, you won't let me do that. Then I'll just link you to the page. Um, now this giant cancerous testicle is not defeated. They launch missiles into the atmosphere to explode, to lure it off with the energy, and then it flies off to the sun of its own volition. <sighs> this cancerous ball sack <laughs> is quite possibly the most dangerous foe that the Ultra Q team has faced because you can't kill it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So, All right. so, so, do they know that even like in terms of like range, a nuclear explosion is still not bigger than the sun and that like that, like, yeah, we did nuclear testing and we blew up a thing. The sun is right there. Yeah. Um, I might be misremembering what it was, but something lured, like, Belunga to the Earth, and, like, you, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't, I'm not 100% certain, because, like, I did watch this while drunk, <laughs> the, like, a week ago. Yeah. Uh, like, this is, this is part of my Christmas break, watching Belunga. <laughs> yeah. According to this page you sent me, uh, it hitched a ride from Saturn. Okay, so that's what it was. It didn't get lured in. Um, maybe that was just one of the characters talking out of their ass. I don't remember. Maybe I don't uh, know. They did. They did make a new sun. Yeah, this show is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna pretend that that's not the case. Um, but so now I'm going to be skipping an episode here. Because the episode that I, I sent dead an image from an episode, and it's a two-parter in my opinion, but two episodes take place between that two-parter. The first episode I want to talk about is Tokyo Ice Age, which involves the first recurring monster so far in Ultra Q, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yes, this uh, monster, Pigwila, which I'm pretty sure is Godzilla with like bat wings strapped to him and tusks. Um, comes and basically like freezes like Tokyo. <laughs> like at first they're like, "Oh, this could be a natural occurrence," and then it's like, "Oh no, it's big." And like Ben and I were drunk, and we were like, "I oh, mean, wouldn't it be funny if it was that penguin thing again?" And then Pigwheeler shows up. We're like, "Motherfucker!" Oh, I thought I thought I thought it was a pig monster that you were talking about. No, he's. I think he's supposed to be like some kind of lizard seal monster or something. But um, like they defeat him the same way they defeated him the first time by shooting him with shit that makes him weak. Uh, and then like some guy, some guys, somebody sacrifices himself in order to do. It. But the monster leaves. So Piguila defeated twice in boring ways. <laughs> it was quick weaken it. How hit it with stuff that weakens it. Pretty much. Uh, next, the dumbest episode of this segment. And I say this, having just shot upon, I saw a bird. This is called Kanegan's 
cocoon. The monster is Kanegon, and it is a cocoon filled with money. <laughs> if you are greedy and try and go in, try and get the money out of the cocoon, you get sucked in and turn into a clam monster that eats money. <sighs> um, the kid kills like two guys who are assholes and then gets turned back into a human. And then his parents are turned into Kanegon at the end. So it's like one of those goosebumps uh, endings. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's not actually over. Yeah. You learned a lesson. Everything's back to normal. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. So the image I sent dead man is of a kaiju called Garamon from the episode Garadama. Uh, in the episode Garadon, a meteorite crashes to Earth, and then a bigger meteorite crashes to Earth. The small meteorite is basically a remote control station for the monster in the big meteorite. He comes out and starts smashing stuff and being very ineffective at it. And then they realize, hey, if we put a Faraday cage over this, it stops the monster from being able to attack. <laughs> Oh, man, this fucking series. Ultra Q is very bite-sized. <laughs> yeah, just, just all right, we inter- right, we enter a giant monster. How do we beat it? Very easily. Okay. And most of the monsters are very standalone, too. Um, so the sequel to this is Garamon Strikes Back. Oh, my uh, God. In which some mysterious individual breaks into the lab and steals the meteorite. Now, this meteorite is big, weird, and oddly shaped. Yet he manages to effortlessly fit it into a guitar case. Yeah, you know, it it's it's fine, man. There's fucking TARDIS technology in that thing. I don't know. Yeah, and then using a lighter-like object, he is able to remote control two Garamon that crash down on Earth and start smashing up Tokyo. Oh, feeling a little verpy. <laughs> um, our heroes managed to get the meteorite back, and then the the man reveals himself to be like a bug man. He's a bug dude, Is and he like alien? starts trying to. Yeah, he's an alien. Uh, he's the from the species that sent the garment. Okay, uh, and, like he tries to escape back to his spacecraft, and they fucking vape vaporize his ass <laughs> they're like you have failed us vaporize oh the aliens vaporize him yeah the v- aliens vaporize him i thought the humans would vapor and, I thought the humans vaporized him and this is definitely a show that people should buy so question you, like you should buy ultra q i don't remember where uh we got it from but you should buy ultra q probably Shout factory yeah i think it was Shout factory yeah so my main thing is would this episode have been better or worse if he controlled it, not with a lighter, but with a guitar from the case? Uh, worse because he was controlling it in several covert positions so he could sneak around with it. Um, like, he was still, like, wiggling antenna on a lighter, so he was, like, weirding people out, but I think it would have been worse if he had been controlling it with a guitar. Because it would have been subtler and would have made more sense. <laughs> Okay. Half of this show is absolute nonsense. So it would have been better, but made the show worse. Yes. Okay. 
I'm starting to get a better read on what the show is. Ultra Q is an absolute blast. Um, Shout Factory, thank you for bringing it to America. If you were the ones, I'm pretty sure you were the ones. But I am double checking. Um, it is worth a watch. It is worth a buy if you like stupid, stupid kaiju shit. Because this is stupid, stupid kaiju shit. Um, I fucking love Ultra Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and Birdie had like you and Birdie both independently sent me the same image of the monster. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, like I got I got like just two quick messages back to back on my phone. One from Discord, one from Viber. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was just the same frame of the TV show at two different <laughs> angles. Oh my god, yes. We both had the same idea at the same time. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, Ultra Q. It might be a show that would be uh, worth uh, blanking at blank. I mm, I, I wonder. <laughs> Just because... There's a reason we don't do many comedy shows, either. It's not a comedy. Oh, I know it isn't, but like, it's hard to make jokes about something that is already intrinsically funny. Hmm. <sighs> I, I think I maybe I'll PayPal uh, to have us do Ultra Q. Like if I can get a little bit of money together, I'll PayPal us. Uh, not PayPal us, Patreon us to uh, do Ultra Q. Yeah, so so Ultra Q. Speaking of Patreon, feel free to drop by our Patreon to try and make us watch horrible, horrible crap. Yep. Patreon.com to Desktop Prods. $10 donation means that you get to choose a thing we watch or play. And we have no self-respect, so we'll do it. Yep. Just, you know, within reason. That never came up before. Yes, it did. Yeah, I know. I'm just messing. But yeah, so the DVD was was released by Shout Factory. It's currently not available from Shout Factory, but there are some stuff on Amazon. It is sixty bucks for the entire series on DVD. Sixty bucks Canadian. Is it streaming on Shout Factory? Uh, I do not believe so. Because I know they're streaming a bunch of the uh, uh, Super Sentai stuff. And the series was also released on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. That's how bit, that's how Birdie has it. Yeah, I think the yeah they're sold out of Ultra Q. Yeah, I think the Blu-ray version might have been put out by like Mill Creek or something. Yeah, Mill Creek. That one also comes with a digital code. Yeah, which I believe is how he watches it on his computer. Yeah, yeah, Blu-rays they like have a lot of great quality, but. Like Blu-ray players are getting like things that can play Blu-rays. It's pretty much a PS4, and that's your best option. Mm-hmm. Or it was your best option, but now there's also is, but now there's also the uh, Xbox One. So the PS4 is your best option. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So before moving on to, I guess my thing. Um, so for you, uh, Cave. Um, there actually, so there was a three-episode miniseries from BBC One back in 2015 of, and then they were none. Where is it streaming? Um, I it had streaming? looked that up a little earlier. 
You might have just lost me from this recording dead. So, uh, do you have Acorn? I believe my father-in-law has it. It's on Acorn. I will see if he has Acorn, because I'm going to watch that shit. Yeah, and then the 1945 and 1965 versions are also available on something called Flixfling. I have no fucking idea what that is. Nor do I. You can apparently watch it with a subscription or just rent it or buy it off of them. But yeah, Sam Neill's in it. Who? Uh, f- fuck. Okay. Um, uh, the first Jurassic Park? Nah, I never watched that. Uh, Event Horizon? I, I can't believe you actually believe me. <laughs> what? I don't fucking know with you anymore, dude. <laughs> Of course I've watched the first Jurassic Park. Okay, yeah, so the main doctor in that. Okay. Okay. He was also in The Omen 3, where he played a grown-up Damien. Why didn't you start with that? Because I assumed that the fucking sci-fi, like, I assumed the sci-fi classic would be would be better known to you than the fucking I'm sequel. Just, I'm just dicking with you, man. I've never watched The Omen 3. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't worry, you can punish me. <laughs> uh, I will. I've started scheduling when we're gonna be watching Titan season two. And yeah, Birdie might be coming back for that. He might be too busy with work. We might need someone to fuck, he left. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> now I gotta find the right time put in for that for when I gotta edit that in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, fuck. So I watched the new Star Wars. Was it any good? I left. Oh, wow. Did you get your money back? No. Or does your theater not do that? No one was outside when I went, when I left. Everyone was gone. Wow. So yeah, I left about halfway through the movie. This is the first time I've ever walked out on a movie. And it wasn't even like I was offended by the level of quality. I, watching this movie, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to word this right. So, so my first year of university, my first ever class, my first ever lecture was a lecture in physics. Because at the time I was in university uh, for um, forensic science. Like the first two years of doing this website, I was in university for forensic science. And then I dropped out of university to do this full time. And this physics class ruined me for the rest of university. Like the rest of my university going career, because the first thing out of this teacher's mouth was, I don't care if you show up or not, I get paid either way. Damn. Yeah, he didn't give a shit who attended his lectures, he didn't give a shit about any of that. That he, like he, like we were we were paying to be there, so why the fuck would he care if we actually showed up? I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but just to put it out that bluntly. Yeah, yeah, that's... 
And that was kind of the thing that ruined university for me because as soon as he said that, it was then it was then like embedded in my head that A, every teacher thought that, and B, if they didn't care, why should I? Because like I'm up because like up here in Canada, um, or at least in Ontario where I am, we have this uh, program called OSAP, the Ontario Student Assistance Program, where where we're able to get you know student loans very easily, and I borrowed fourteen thousand dollars. I have paid a hundred dollars of it back, and I only have four thousand left on my loan. It is easy to it is easy to you know get money to help you with stu- with student loans, and it would still help with like your know, school fees. But then it is also very easy to pay those loans back. Like I will be out of student loans, I will be out of repayments for student loans in like in like another like four or five years. As opposed to and, and that's future dead man's problem. Yeah, as opposed to in the states where even if I only did go for those two years, right now I would be like halfway through paying those debts and I'd be paying and I would have already paid twice as much money because the American student loan system is ridiculous and broken. Thankfully, if you're poor, you don't have to worry about student loans because you can get a government grant to get your education. <laughs> ah, benefit of being poor. <laughs> if you're in that middle, though, get fucked. You're fucked. You are fucked. Fucked. Yeah, the, that, yeah. The weird, the weird catch twenty, the weird loophole of being of like trying to go to college in America. Just okay, either be rich or be poor. Don't be well. Don't be middle class. But yeah, so that was my whole thing. Just I never went to fucking classes outside of the like you know labs for uh, my you know science based classes as well or the um, or the um, they called them tutorials for like anthropology and stuff because I was because I was going for anthropology. But I never attended lectures, really, because they didn't – because to me, they didn't care. And if they didn't care, I couldn't care. Mm-hmm. Watching the rise of Skywalker, I got basically the same feeling. Because with the half of the movie that I saw, it was rushed – terribly edited like it it felt like it was it felt like it was a music video at points with how it was edited just so many fucking quick cuts like there there were multiple scenes that went on for so long where no shot lasted longer than five seconds Uh, so much of it felt like just rehashing stuff they had already done and from an entirely production level down it felt like no one in no one higher up cared like the visual effects team, they did, they did what they could and they did it well. The actors, they were fucking trying. But anybody who was in a position of power that would have like made final decisions about this movie, as well as editors, none of that felt like anyone cared at all. It was all so fast. It was all so fucking choppy. It felt like, it felt like J.J. Abrams had like taken ideas for his second part of this trilogy and then tried to cram them into his idea for the ending of this trilogy as well. Like my first warning sign was when it was revealed in the opening text crawl that Emperor Palpatine was back from the dead. This was not something that had been shown in any of the, pre- in either of the previous movies. 
This is only something that had been shown like in trailers and stuff. I was like, oh, how are they going to be bringing this back? Oh, they just say. And yeah, so opening text crawl says, hey, Emperor Palpatine's back from the dead. So then Kylo Ren, in the course of 25 seconds, invades a planet, kills most of its inhabitants, gets a ancient Sith GPS device, and then flies to a hitherto unknown Sith homeworld. Where he finds Yay! where he finds Emperor Palpatine strapped up into a bunch of fucking tubes with like horribly charred fingers with the bones showing, as well as a cloning vat full of a bunch of uh, fucking uh, Emperor Snokes. Because it turns out this entire thing, the entire First Order, the entire this entire trilogy has just been Palpatine. Because, you know, you know, let the past die. <laughs> also, like, I, this is just this is the thing for me, but why is lightning inherently evil? Like, why is lightning in terms of like, you know, galactic morality? Why is lightning worse than mind control? I genuinely don't know. I can't tell you the answer to that. Because, like, so you, I, I've, we've talked a bit about like this about the you know this new trilogy before. You say you don't care for it. Uh, I cared with the first one, and then the second one happened. Okay. Um, I've always been unhappy with Disney just kicking out ninety percent of the canon. Um, and I get angrier and angrier every time they decide to just keep plotting forward with the same, like, 40-year segment that we're all bored of. So I could give zero fucks at this point about the current camp. Okay, I mainly, I mainly ask that for, can I give out any spoilers that I have learned? Go right the fuck ahead. Alrighty, so Rey is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. Yep, heard that one. Don't care. Yeah. So that line in that second movie, your parents were nobodies. To quote Star Wars, is correct from a certain point of view. I want to slap you. <laughs> yeah, so so Emperor Palpatine at some point in between Given the age of everybody involved in this, it seems like he would have had to have his kid, like, given the age of Ray's parents that we see, like, when they leave her, he would have had to have their, he would have had to have his kid, like, sometime after he turned into a monster. Like, sometime after he got, like, super fucked up and then became, like, the weird, like, melty face evil man. Uh, do you want to know why it's possible that he could have impregnated a woman without her even knowing? This is that weird dumb force bullshit that he used to make Anakin? Yep. That is exactly how it's possible for him to have had Ray. But he, as he, her, did, as he didn't have Ray. Child. He had, no, he had, as his grandchild. Yeah, he had a he could kid. have been attempting to make another Darth Vader and yada yada. But his... Both her parents knew who their dad was. It was, it was like, oh, we need to hide you from our, we need to hide you from my father, Emperor Palpatine. 
then then it's it's nonsense. (laughs) So at some point after he turned into a fucking like deflated old man, he would have had to fuck somebody. And then to be involved enough in that person's life for them to be for for the child to recognize that that person is their father. Yeah, never mind. It's nonsense. And then yeah, like then like nineteen twenty years earlier, uh, fucking palp like in uh, whatever their goddamn name is drops right off on the fucking on one of seventy thousand important desert planets. And then this all happens, and yeah, so yeah, uh, you know something else. Like I know we'll get to this with games, but the ending to fucking Jedi Fallen Order pisses me off because they had another option. They could have just said it at a fucking another point in the fucking universe. Because fucking Disney's like, no, we've got to stick to the fucking main continuity. No mm-hmm. one cares about the rest of it, even though that's all really fucking interesting, and people would care if we made a goddamn movie out of it. Yeah, I'm butthurt. But they can't make a movie out of that stuff. There are no more books or comics to base the movies off of. I'm going to cut you. <laughs> cut Kathleen Kennedy, dude. She said it. I'm going to cut. Oh, cut fuck. you both. I, I... Yes, yeah, so this movie starts out with Ray like, on, a, on some kind of jungle planet doing... Uh, Jungle buggy. Yeah, doing like Jedi training and being unable to properly do it. Like she keeps fucking up with the orb. Despite nope. her starting despite her starting out doing like the like the fucking Avatar the Last Airbender sitting in a floating ring of elements. Noob. And she's being trained by Leia, who is you know, there for a bit before she dies. Totally, totally really there. I think I, I think they did have some stuff shot for her before she passed. Or feeling that they did, they did a decent enough job, like, you know, digitally cloning her face. What was that sigh for? Uh, that was just me breathing. Uh, I was me suppressing a yawn as best I could. Okay. That sounds about right for Star Wars. But I'm Tish. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, like she's doing that. Um, Poe and Finn are off doing Ganging rebel, it up. doing rebel shit. Uh, and yeah, like Ray. It's I'm trying to. I'm trying. Like I, I'm forgetting more about this movie as I talk about it. Jesus. Well, that's lovely. Yes, they're like, oh, Emperor Palpatine's back. We gotta stop him. Okay, what do we do? Okay, we need to find a Sith wayfinder. A Google Maps device for space that only the Sith can use, that only leads to one location. Which is the Sith homeworld. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay, for fine, whatever. You do you want to hear something that'll annoy you? <sighs> no, but go ahead. Yeah, they literally made that up for the movie. Like, there are devices that will lead you to the Sith homeworld, but they ain't called the Sith Wayfinder. Yeah, we, everyone that's knows nonsense. That. Yes, that's nonsense. 
Yes, that exactly is nonsense. Everyone knows Wayfinders are for Eberron. <sighs> Much better <laughs> Warforged than that book. <laughs> Seriously, in my game, anytime you want to play Warforged, just say, hey, I want to play Wayfinder Warforged. I'll be like, fuck yeah. Fuck Anywho. the fucking... Yes, they go out looking for the fucking thing. Um, Ray and uh, Kylo, they have their whole, they have one of their whole, like, like hey, we're both seeing the same thing, but not. Like, like, that whole aspect of it, like, their whole relationship and, like, the way that they're kind of, like, you know, tied to the force, like, tied together through the force. That's a, that's a neat idea that just I don't think is ever really fleshed out in an interesting way in the movies. Like there's one bit like later in this thing where they are having a where they like like the, the Sith uh, they come down not the Sith fucking the First Order they come down to this like World War Two era looking planet and Kylo's down there uh, he he and Ray are he, like Ray has been Ray has like you know gotten to the Star Destroyer and is trying to uh, f- steal the Wayfinder uh, that he had the Wayfinder. That he had, and they and they get like their fucking connection going, and they start you know having the fucking lightsaber fight, and and like the way that it the way that they the way that they do it is that like neither one of them can see where the other is because because to, to them it just looks like they're just standing in the room with them. So Kylo just sees Ray standing on the street in this fucking like little town square, and then Ray sees Kylo in his little trophy room. They start fighting, and then certain, and then certain like environmental elements, when like shit explodes or whatever, uh, it will then end up like transferring to that other location, giving each of them hints of where the other one is. So I get a big old brouhaha, and it just ended up destroying the pedestal that Darth Vader's helmet is on, which then <sighs> falls and lands like. Oh no, Grumpy Vader! Yeah, but that falls and then actually lands at Kylo's feet. He sees it and he goes, "Okay, I know where you are now." Like that is a neat idea, and like they like their whole thing. I think they are like the they call themselves like they call themselves like a force diode or something like that. Just basically two two people connected to the force in a very intense way and into each other. I don't know. It was a whole fucking thing. I I think they explained it later in the movie, but I just didn't. I don't care. You checked out. Yes, literally, because I just left. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're on this other. So they 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 fuck up on that thing. Like the fucking di- the fucking thing gets destroyed. Uh, so they say, "Hey, we gotta go find another one." So they go try to find another one, and which leads them to this other planet where they are having like a it was like this big celebration or whatever. I think I'm getting th- some of these details mixed up, but like, fuck it, who cares? Dead man. No one. No one cares. <laughs> And yeah, when they get there, um, it turns out that Ray, through studying the ancient Jedi text, has now learned how to force heal other people. Eh, that's an actual Jedi power. As opposed to all those fictional Jedi powers. Don't make me slap you. <laughs> I will dick slap you so fast that your face will fall off. <laughs> then they have the money to come to Canada. <laughs> no, I'm black, so it's just that long. <laughs> oh, slap me with your dick. Yeah. I thought you meant slap my dick. <laughs> no. 
no, no. <laughs> That'd be gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not going to pay a toll for putting your dick over the border. I can live with that. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. As they get there, too, he gets fucking kidnapped, and then she is, and she's, like, trying to pull the transport uh, down with the fucking force, and then Kylo's there, and he starts pushing the transport up into the orbit with the force. And the two of them are just forcing so hard. Oh, I'm forcing so hard right now. Oh. Which, it's even funnier to me, because I remember, like, I think I've told, I think I've told you this about, told, I've told you about this before, but whenever I see, um, like in TV or movie or something where two people are like shooting a beam of energy at each other. I'm just picturing like them on set. Like in like <laughs> Harry Potter or something where like it's where like it's Ray Fiennes and Daniel Radcliffe on a green screen rubble set just going at each other very intensely. <laughs> just remove all the spectacle, remove all the effects. And it's just it's just like fucking Ray Fiennes esteemed actor with his nose painted out green. It's going. I mean, while Daniel Radcliffe is just there holding a stick in both hands, looking, looking very much like, like trying his best to look like he's trying to shit himself. <laughs> and so this is an even sadder version of that because it is two people who probably aren't even on a set together. Just on just each one of them is on a different day on a sound stage, both holding hands up into the sky, looking very intently at nothing. You get nothing. Yeah, but then Ray shoots lightning out of her fingers and it goes, oh my God, I killed Chewie because the ship explodes. But don't worry, Chewie's not dead. He went on a different ship. They just happened to land two prisoner transport vessels right behind the same rock, but but only one of them was visible at a time. Because the force. God, I hate Star Wars right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I walked out not long after like the the World War Two town. Just because like the World War Two town, it. The World War II town was like the quickest of like they did, they did these they did all these like reveal things and or like not reveal things like these big moments and like character moments like at this like in the uh in the World War II town um so they went to go find this fucking dagger of Amon Ra close of the Sith and there's ancient Sith writing on it and C-3PO can read the Sith writing, but he cannot translate it because his programming has forbidden him from ever reading, forever like, from ever like speaking the Sith language. Okay. So they need to go to a black market droid mechanic to essentially hotwire his brain to brute force him into translating the Sith dagger, but in doing so, it will wipe his memory and reset him to factory standards. Oh, fuck this. Don't worry, it doesn't last. Okay. But Jesus, no. Yeah, so it's supposed to be like this big like sacrifice moment for C-3PO. 
and he does there's this really bad moment where he's like just really like you know he's decided to do it but he's kind of sit but he just kind of sits there staring at everyone else like he sits there staring at poe ray and finn and he's like and they're like what are you doing he's like i'm taking one last look at my friends people i have known for like less than a year you are the most important beings in my life you'd think i'd gone through memory wipes before given the fact that i can't remember half the people i've worked for yeah leia just died like a week ago but i'm cool now we're supposed to be emotional beings, but... Yes, fuck that. I'm Anthony Daniels, bitch. Yes, he gets his memory wiped, and then literally two minutes later, R2-D2 gives him his memory back. Just So they, they couldn't even give him five seconds. They couldn't, yeah. Like apparently, And apparently, like, Anthony Daniels, uh, that's, that's the guy who does C-3PO, right? I don't know. The dude does C-3PO, apparently, like, back in the day during the original trilogy, he was, like, pleading to George to let C-3PO have a big heroic sacrifice moment. And George just wouldn't let him. It's like, no, you're going to be funny. It's going to be funny. You're the comedy relief. Now give me another burger. Those little Ewoks are going to come up and think you're a god, so you got to go ooga booga at him. Ewoks. I got oh, they saved us so much money. Oh, they made us so much money off of those stupid kids. <sighs> Can you believe Fox let me keep the fucking merchandising rights? <sighs> you want to see my wallet? So much money. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting a little bit more disturbing every time. Good old George Lucas. <laughs> I ate an Ewok once. <laughs> Anywho. So they go to like a fucking forest. They go to like a fucking... They go to the forest moon of Endor. Drop the hottest base off of me. I did the motion capture. <laughs> I didn't even have to wear suits. In fact, I didn't wear anything. Not even the motion tracking balls. <laughs> they just, they, I just got a can of spray paint and came on the set. <laughs> that wasn't... <laughs> so yeah, they go to the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> At least I think it's the forest moon of Endor. <sighs> they go to the they go to the remains of the second Death Star. Yeah, I think that's outside Endor. Yeah, it was outside the force moon. Like, well, like the shield generator was on the force moon of Endor. Anyway, yes, they, they're down there. They find like the wreckage of the fucking um, start uh, Death Star Death two. Star. And then it turns electric boogaloo. Yeah, and then it turns out that the knife that the, there were, there were, there was a pattern cut into the edge of the knife, so it's all jagged and stuff. They put it up, and it lines up perfectly with the remains of the Death Star. Like it's the fucking Goonies. And I have checked out. Just letting you know, if I sit here silently, that's why. And that's it for Star Wars. It just had so much nothing behind it. It was this force of just apathy pounding me into my fucking seat in the theater. And I just couldn't handle it anymore. Like, I hate movie theaters. Movie theaters are one of the worst things to happen to film. 
And so the less time I have to spend in the movie theater, the better. And But normally when I go to see a movie, it will at least... Like, either I will be enjoying it so much that I won't mind being in a movie theater, or I will hate the movie so much that that I feel the need to get my full money's worth out of it so that I can then come out here and shit on it properly. Like I did with It Chapter 2. But with this, there was just... There was nothing keeping me there. I wasn't enjoying myself, but I didn't hate it either. I just kind of... Ah, the overminding, overruling apathy. That which drives us to not do shit. It damned you. It was like sitting. If it was like sitting for an hour and a half in a dark room with a bunch of other assholes, listening to listening to like a very like non harsh dial tone. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, other than that, um, I've watched like I watched like just like regular stuff that I have been that I've talked about on here ad nauseum. But the other new thing that I watched uh, was The Witcher. I'm actually planning on getting uh, around to watching that. It's all right. I heard that it was actually <laughs> might finally be able to get into the Witcher lore. Yeah, like the, the Witcher is the Witcher is completely all right. All right. Oh, for those who do not know, for whatever fucking reason, uh, the Witcher is based on a series of uh, Polish fantasy novels uh, by Andrzej Sapkowski. Uh, they were eventually turned into a very popular series of games from CD Projekt Red. And now they have this new TV show starring Henry Cavill. And yeah, Henry Cavill's the best part of this show. Like he plays, he plays Geralt. He plays Geralt of Rivia, the, the eponymous witcher. And he does a absolutely fantastic job playing this character. He, like, he, he's actually the thing that sold me on this entire series. So Henry Cavill, for those who, for those who don't know, he plays Superman in the Justice League movie. And in Man of Steel and BVS. So when this series, uh, like, was initially being kicked around and people heard that he was attached to it, people were fucking worried. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, stuff of just like, oh god, don't fuck this up, please don't fuck this up for the love of God, don't fuck this up. And then when they heard it was Henry Cavill, they were like, oh god, they're gonna fuck it up. But Henry Cavill actually kind of might have saved the series just by him doing press stuff because because it turns out just kind of coming out through the press and everything, he is a massive fucking nerd and also was a huge fan of the Witcher series. He found the games first, played through the Witcher three twice, and then read all the books. And then tried to get the role. I can respect this. Yeah, apparently he actually missed the call that he was Superman because he was playing World of Warcraft. All right, he can be Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the story, the story kind of came out like around like back then, but I've seen more of it now where he was like, realized like just playing, he was like in a raid in World of Warcraft. And then his, like, his phone was ringing, so he wasn't paying attention to it. Looked over at the last second, saw it was Zack Snyder's name. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just dove over, called him back immediately. He's like, hey, you're Superman. Oh, thank God. Okay, I got to go back to this raid. 
But no, yeah, just from the interviews and from him just talking about The Witcher, you get the very distinct sense that he fucking loves this shit. He loves The Witcher. He loves the world. He loves the books. He loves the games. And so that and that passion for this project is kind of what made me what made me even slightly interested in it. Like I was going to watch it before just because, you know, it's kind of my job. But with him talking about it and hearing him talk about it, it actually got me interested in the series like as a f- as a somewhat fan of The Witcher. So the series itself is based off of the first two books in The Witcher series, which are not actually books of The Witcher series. They're books set in the world of The Witcher, but they are a collection of short stories. Mm. Yeah, the act. Zoo- so the stories are standalone. Uh, standalone-ish. What's the difference? Um, I said standalone-y. You said standalone-ish. What's the difference? I did not think you were saying standalone-y. I thought you were saying standalone. Okay, that's the difference. Yes. We did not communicate clearly. Yes, yes. It would never be a good married couple. I, I mean, given our, com- given our communication problems, we actually probably would be a great married couple. Or at least, <laughs> or at least it would be an average one. But anyway, yeah, so... So I'm actually currently reading through The Last Wish, which is the first book in the Witcher series. And... Yes, yeah, so just reading that one, it's... Like there is a there is a connecting storyline that kind of like overarches everything that's like in between the individual stories. But then the individual stories themselves feel a bit more episodic and are just kind of like showing off details of the world as well as details of Geralt the character. Because uh, the Witchers, so Witchers are um, genetically engineered and alchemically and magically altered people built to fight monsters. They aren't tied to a nation. They aren't tied to anything other than ideology of we need to kill monsters for money. Um, And the world they're in is a world of like massive xenophobia and hatred and people just like really do not like things they don't understand. And they have a severe hatred of witchers. So they're playing a D&D game where all of where the DMs a bigot who hates them all. Basically. Okay. I've played in those kinds of games. Yeah, and so the witchers, they like try to pr- try to like propagate these ideas that witchers are emotionless, cold murder machines that purely exist to kill monsters. But with Geralt, well, he does try to well, he does try to perpetuate that myth. He also is a good he's person. A fuck monster. <laughs> like he's a fuck monster. Oh, he fucks. Geralt, he fucks. The fir- so the first short story in this book is the description of Geralt fucking someone. <laughs> It's two pages. It's the first Witcher game where, like, there's a trading card game based off of collecting cards of the chick you fu- chicks you fucked, right? Not a game so much as you just get a card when you fuck someone. Just if, if you manage to convince them to have sex with you, you then, you then get a playing card of them being sexy on it. And then that's it. They never come up again. You just have them. I remember the time I fucked her. And her, oh, and her, lovely. at the same time. <laughs> uh, you never know what it's like to fuck a dryad until you do one. You think it'd be splintery, but nah. Ah, uh, they sand themselves. Word. <laughs> <laughs> if you're asking us for self-respect, you're at the wrong table. Yeah, motherfuckers. This episode 181, you should know by now. 
unless it's your first time. In which case, feel free to go to our Patreon at Deathstorefrazot. <laughs> I'm just dicking with you. Nobody's on our Patreon. <laughs> nope, you could be the first. Then we'd actually give you the rewards that we have. Just to say, you guys will have more control controlling our content. As opposed to now where no one controls what we do except for me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Geralt uh, is a Geralt is a neat character who is just like he, he tries to be, you know, apolitical, a everything. He just, hey, I'm just in this for whatever. But he also is just a good person. Like deep down, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to protect people. He wants to he wants to be a good person. But he's a witcher. And that 100% shows in Henry Cavill's performance, and as well as the writing for his character, which I don't know how much is taken directly from the book. I'm not super far into it. But it is... It is really well done. Henry Cavill is able to, like, carry his performance with, like, this, with, like, this really heavy, like, gritty charisma to him. Uh, the... Like costume design on him is great. Like the action set, the action set pieces, they all work really well. They, um, I think, I think like, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how much he was there for it, but I think Henry Cavill said that he brought in like one of the stunt dudes from the mission Impossible He was on to help choreograph fight scenes. And it's like the first episode. It's like fucking fantastic fight scene with him and the sword. Um, he was able to, they're able to show off the signs pretty well. Cause he got, cause like witchers have like very like low level magical abilities. Those are all really neat. Um, a bunch of the monsters are like a mixture of uh, digital and practical effects. So that all yeah, I actually got to see um, uh, one uh, where he fights this witch monster thing. Yeah, the Striga. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's fuck, it's fucking great. It the shit looks awesome, and it is yeah, it is all just so good. Um. That all really works. Um, the other, the other kind of standout character in this uh, series is a uh, Yaskier, who if you play the games, you may, you, may, you may be more familiar with him as Dandelion. Oh yeah, I saw a a, a, a comment about him. Yep, he is in it too, and he is great. The, he is he is basically the epitome of British humor, in that he is just like never stops talking and it's never stops talking and it kind of verges. And like straddles that line between charismatic and annoying. But so like, he's like me. But he has like that. Re- he has a really great um, relationship with Geralt. Um, secret love. <laughs> it's not so much secret. Like the first episode he shows up, he writes a song about how awesome Geralt is. Something more than friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, so like the world, the world is really great. The lead, the lead is great. One of the uh, side characters, like one of the main side characters, is pretty great. Everything else is just kind of mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. So our two other main characters are Jennifer and uh, Siri. Jennifer, uh, we actually get to um, like she was in the game. She was a very Prominent figure in the games as a part of Geralt's past. Uh, he is she, like she is the adopted mother of Siri, basically, as well as like as well as like Geralt's like one true love or one of his true loves in the game. 
And in this, we get to see like her entire backstory. We get to see uh, her go from a hunchback to a like stupid, sexy, awesome, powerful sorceress. And like the beginning stuff with Yennefer is actually kind of interesting. Like seeing her, like she like starts out. She is a like she's like a like I said like she is like she's like a hunchback, um, like clubfoot. Her jaw is kind of like crooked off to the side, and in her village, everyone just fucking picks on her. So she accidentally teleports because she has act because she has like you know a she has some ac- she has some access to magic or some talent for magic. And I was like, oh, okay. And she lands in front of this fucking dude who's just like researching these fucking ruins. So I was like, oh, fuck. Did you get, did you help her here? Shit, she's gonna know you're here. Okay, get in this portal. You can't be traced. Just fucking go. Heads out. Then, then a bit, then a little, couple days later, some woman shows up and says, hey, how much are your fucked up daughter? And her dad's like, oh, no, like four crowns. Basically, like four bucks. Mm hmm. And yeah, just sells her away. She heads off to the school and she begins learning some fucking magic. Actually, becomes like teacher's pet. You know, like one of the best students that the teacher ever had. Um, and we just kind of learn more and more about like the way that sorcerers and magic users. Sorcerers and magic users are like a basically a third political ar- option within the world. They essentially like send themselves out to be advisors to every single um, like like ruler on the continent that they're on, which is called the continent. To you know, give counsel and try to sway things in the in like the direction that the lodge wants it to go. Or I guess the brotherhood. The, this is the brotherhood of sorcerers. The lodge is later. But yeah, and Yennefer is like I. Like Yennefer is like trying to have none of it because she is kind of sick of getting involved like the like the political games that like the different sorceresses and sorcerers are playing with each other. Eventually, just saying. Yo, fuck it. I'm my own goddamn boss. Let's fucking go. And we see her develop as the series series goes on. And while what she is doing makes sense for the writing, makes sense for the character and is and could be interesting. The actress just kind of doesn't have enough to really carry it outside of the outside of like, you know, the be sad for her part. Like kind of once she goes through the transformation and becomes closer to the Yennefer that, you know, from later on in the series, she just, she feels flat a lot of the time, which is a shame because we spend like a third of the series with her. That is a real shame. And same kind of thing with a Siri. Like she's not so much flat as just what's happening to her isn't as interesting as what's happening to everyone else. And like she's she's doing her best, but there's not a whole lot there to really grab onto for her. Despite the fact that she is arguably one of the most important characters in the lore. And the other thing that doesn't that really kind of hampers this series is it doesn't do a great job explaining when things happen. Because the series technically takes place over the course of a couple of days and a couple of decades without ever like super clarifying how far apart things are or like that we are in different times. Okay. A couple of days and a couple of decades. How? So the series stuff, 
the stuff involving Siri, um, all takes place basically sequentially. Like this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens. Anything involving Geralt and Yennefer takes place over the co- takes place at different points in time throughout basically their entire lives that we see them. Like like Yennefer, Yennefer essentially from like from when we see her first becoming a sorceress to when we next see her in the next episode, she says that she has been serving kings for like twenty years. And like she meets Geralt or something, and at like another point, like Yaskier and Geralt are talking about something, and Yaskier says like, "Yeah, you look pretty good for like being a decade since I've last seen you." And so it's just never really super clear when things happen in relation to each other. Never super clear how much time has passed because no one really ages. Like for Yennefer, that makes sense because she is being kept hot by magic. Geralt. I guess because of fucking got chemicals up his dick or whatever. Yaskier doesn't age ever. It just kind of looks the same throughout. Despite Yaskier is secretly a high level demigod (laughs) who's just trying to get uh, uh, the Witcher to notice him. Yeah, he yeah he let those elves kick him kick him in the fucking face just so that the Witcher would feel bad for him. Save me, Witcher! Save me! Yaskier, what are you doing? These elves are beating me up. Save me. That's, I think uh, that's your rope. I can see if I can see it attached to your horse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to get up to in our uh, one-on-one D&D <laughs> game. <laughs> just the random ass RPs that we do just are now part of that world. Yeah. My character just walks up to find this guy who wants to suck his dick being dragged along by his own horse so that he can get saved. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, the show has a lot of promise to it. Like I said, it has a, has a great lead, a great secondary character. Um, the second episode that Yennefer and Geralt interact, it actually feels like a lot better than the first episode they do. Like the first episode, there's not a whole lot of chemistry there. It feels just kind of stilted what's happening. But with the second episode, it feels a little bit looser. It feels a bit more natural. And so there is definite potential here and going into like the second season, which is currently in, which is currently about to begin production. There well, is, enjoy. you're only going to get three on Netflix. Eh. It's a Netflix thing. Like they, they genuinely do just like, yeah, you get three seasons because yeah, they know. have to pay more for after season three. Yeah, I know. But like, it's that could work. Like I, I don't I don't know what happens in like the you know Witcher saga Witcher, the Witcher saga proper, but like condense the fucking first and second book into one season and then have the third season be you know the third book. But yeah, I sincerely hope that with the second with the second season they're able to hammer out some of the details and they're able to hammer out some of the rough spots. Um, I hope like the actors are a bit more comfortable with their characters or or at the very least are given better direction or writing. I don't know what would actually help with that, but yeah, there is, there is potential here and I want to see this succeed. I want this to be good. I want this to be a successful thing because I want to have more TV shows I can watch. And if you were to sit down and watch this, you could get something out of it. I think. Oh, I plan to watch it. Um, yeah, I think 
you might be able to I think you might be able to get a bit more out of it than like you know, the average person. And just anybody out there who has watched it, stop comparing it to fucking Game of Thrones, man. Da, 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 da. Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones was popular. Yes, this is not Game of Thrones. They're entirely different fucking things. Just come on, dude. You don't compare every fucking sci-fi movie that comes out to Star Wars, do you? I actually know someone who does that, and it pisses me off. That person's a bad person. Yes, they are. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's all I got for what I've been watching. Then uh, I believe it's time for news. Uh, nothing really of note. That mean that either of us really care about, I don't think. Like the sci-fi channel has gotten the guys who made Channel Zero to make a Chucky TV series. Whoa. Exactly. That was about my reaction to all the news that I saw kind of going into this. Just kind of a bunch of nothing. And speaking of a bunch of nothing, um, new releases wise, like next couple weeks, there's kind of nothing that I'm super interested in seeing coming out. Like this week, it was 1917 and Just Mercy and Underwater. Uh, two from what from apparently what the critics think very good movies and one eh, movie and then next week it's fucking bad boys for life and Dr. Doolittle I'm curious about Dr. Doolittle mostly because I want to see how the fuck they figure out to incorporate a fucking drag I, I don't think they do Like from, from the looks of it, it looks like they just took the idea of Dr. Doolittle, he can talk to animals. Adventure. Woo! I don't know, man. Dr. Doolittle as an idea is not really anything I could, that has, like, you know, interested me. Like, I watched. It the, shouldn't. Like, I watched the Eddie Murphy movies. You watched all of them? I th- I think so. I because I they cause weren't I, good after the first one, and the first one was only barely palatable. I think because when I was like a kid, my like I had like a I was on good terms with the people at the video rental store. I don't know. I was just well, like go over there. Garbage. And I would just go that there. Doesn't like, sound like good terms. I'll go there like every week. Just get, and just get movies, and eventually I would just run out of the new movies that I wanted to actually see, so I'd just go like, oh, I don't know, Dr. Doolittle, I saw the first one. And when I say, the, when I, say I saw all the, all the Eddie Murphy movies, I mean the ones with Eddie Murphy in them. Mm-hmm. I did not see Dr. I assumed that much. Yeah. I did not see Dr. Doolittle 3, Tale to the Chief, or Million Dollar Mutts. Because they had this movie, because the fucking Dr. Doolittle had four sequels. <sighs> yep. But hey, I guess to give them credit, they got an actor from the actual first two movies to be the main character for the next three. Yeah, Dr. Doolittle 3, 4, and 5 were all about uh, Dr. Doolittle's daughter. 
Anyway, yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. It's going to be a bit boring for the movies podcast for going forward, I guess. It's January. It's burying grounds. Yeah, fuck you. It's January. Thanks for letter media for that old chestnut. But yeah, so I guess that'll be do it for the, that'll do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. Um, going forward, uh, in terms of movie stuff, movies and TV stuff we're doing on the site, um, we have given up on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, just because even we couldn't make that entertaining. Yeah, just we weren't having any fun making it. We weren't, we, and if we weren't having any fun making it, we couldn't imagine you guys having any fun listening to it. Uh, so instead, we're going to be doing a couple different things with that. Uh, so. First up, um, myself, Nico, and Birdie are currently in talks to schedule the second season of Titans, which just dropped on Canadian Netflix. So that'll be happening. And then also, at some point, me and Cave will be uh, kicking off uh, things with Spartacus, the The Stars TV series. The one that, that, that fucking show has a style. It is weird as hell. Also, it has Ranger Operator Series Red in it. He has a name. He does. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> well, I was referencing. <laughs> I was literally referencing the show. Oh, right. Yeah. It's been a minute, okay? The last thing, I, the only thing I remember like with 100% certainty about that series is, is Red's the leader Black's the broody one, green's the funny one, and yellow's the girl. So what does that make you? I'm Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, best fucking line in the show, hands down. Absolutely. Also, I realized not too long ago, a show that has the unequivocal good guys try to fight the evil women, like physically. Mm-hmm. How many fucking shows do that? Not many. Not many at all. And it's Power Rangers that does it. Go, go, Power Rangers. Yes. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag fucking. Hashtag. hashtag I'll punch power. the taco. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. I, I didn't feel like I, didn't want I said it. I'll punch the taco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I killed dad. Oh, no. I guess that means I usurp his power and have to run the website. Well, <laughs> what that's power? it. It's the end of Death Store Frauds. <laughs> what power? Uh, well, we have a title. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. We'll also be getting back into like game play stuff on the YouTube channel and on here on the website. Uh, but until then, I'm dead, and I have no self-respect. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time. <laughs>